Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. This is Wacky Wednesday. I'm Adam Best, here as always with Sterling Holmes and Richard behind the scenes. What's up, man? How we doing? I'm doing well. Doing great. It snowed last night in Kansas City, but it's melting. Roads aren't bad. Chiefs are still playing. Uh, so not too many things to complain about. That shirt, by the way, uh, it's interesting. What are you rocking there? Well... It's interesting that you uh, uh, you mentioned that because angry drunken German was talking some smack about my wardrobe on on Saturday. He was disappointed in me that I wore a jersey and not a a uh, flamboyant Hawaiian shirt or whatever he said. So this is a oh shit lost my <laughs> microphone. Oh, that's Technical the best part. Okay, doing this is a Patrick bad. Mahomes Hawaiian shirt. So you got you got Patrick Mahomes, you got the ketchup, you got the tomahawk, you got the cattle. It's a combo deal of Texas Tech and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So there you go. Honestly, that is incredible. That's I what know. we need. And speaking of Mahomes, let's take a look at him jogging today. Looking pretty good. Do you see a lamp? I don't. He looks good, man. Yeah, looks pretty good to me, especially for, for Wednesday. You know, he's halfway, half of his healing time. He's only halfway there. He's still got another, you know, over half a week to go. Yeah, I, I see Mahomes' ankles actually in the chat right now and said, this just in, I'm going to be 100% on Sunday. Thank you, Mahomes' ankle. I uh, didn't know you could talk. I also tried sending Mahomes my ankle. Uh, I called a few doctors. They said chopping mine off like a Saw movie was not the best course of action. Uh, surprisingly, they said that wouldn't work. So I tried. He doesn't want ankle. my ankles, man. I, I've <laughs> twisted these bad boys Numerous times. He wants no part of them. Uh, so that's what Mahomes looks like. A dude with a bum ankle does not move like that. Either he is the the best faker of all time, not wanting to show any sort of, of injury to the Bengals, or dude's an alien and a normal six-week injury takes him about, I don't know, 72 hours, and then he's good. We got my old man in the chat. Good to see you, Dad. Yeah, either he's Daniel Day-Lewis or Christian Bale or something, or the uh, ankle tweak clearly isn't as bad as we think it is. And let's kind of get a vibe check with the Chiefs organization. Listen to what Juju Smith-Schuster said today about the game plan and kind of check out his mood. It's fire. It's fire. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's Andy Reid, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like it's, it's nice. It's nice. Does that look like a guy who is worried about his superstar quarterback not being at his best on Sunday? No, he's going from the corpse of Big Ben to Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Even if Mahomes has a bum ankle, this is the best quarterback by far he's ever had to deal with. This is great. Um, good, good point. Big Ben was dust for like the last three or four years there. But, but still, he was pretty damn chipper. Yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling very good about Mahomes' ankle. And not just that, I'm feeling very good about Casey Bierko. The best beer you will drink. Casey Bierko brewing their beer with only four ingredients. They're a great partner, but we say it every single time. It's true. 
we would drink their beer even if they weren't our sponsor. It is that good. The Arrow Red Lager, thanks to you guys' support, was a massive success. Uh, all out of six packs. Uh, according to Katie, uh, the marketing director, I, I reached out to her and she said there is still some Arrow Red Lager on tap, but they are out of six packs. Thank you guys so much for first and foremost drinking it second for supporting us third for taking pictures of you guys drinking it uh everyone who sent us something seems like they very much enjoyed it as well i think it's a damn good beer but any beer you get at casey beer co i promise you will enjoy casey beer co dare to beer different let's get into the divisional round awards and the first award is the i want to go fast award now is there anyone out there who wants to go fast Anybody. I want to go fast. With our first award, let's celebrate seventh round phenom Isaiah Pacheco. The Chiefs really haven't had that breakaway speed at the running back position since Damian Williams, but they do now. And if you think back to Kareem Hunt, he didn't even possess that element. Pacheco happens to be the fastest running back, rookie running back in the entire league. And that... I don't know what you thought, but I thought that 41-yard run during the Chad Henney drive might have been a game saver, you know? It, it basically stabilized the Chiefs' offense at a time where it would have been easy to panic, hit the panic button with Patrick Mahomes in the locker room, but that didn't happen. Uh, I'm glad to have him. He truly made something out of nothing on that play, and Pop now has 168 rushing yards over expected on the year, and that leads all rookies. What a find, right, by Veach? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's been incredible. Isaiah Pacheco, I'll admit it, I was wrong. I thought he was going to fall into the Darwin Thompson sort of sixth-round, late-round draft pick at running back. Looks good in OTAs, looks good in training camp, may even shine a bit in the preseason. I never get too excited about late-round draft picks typically because odds are they probably won't be a huge factor. But Brett Veach has really – change that narrative he's been so good in late rounds not just with running backs obviously but but just in general you know Rashad Fenton Jalen Watts and Isaiah Pacheco he finds value in useful players Isaiah Pacheco has been better than expected I'll admit it I didn't buy into the hype I'm not going to say he's the Kareem Hunt Jamal Charles hybrid that some folks like to say he is but damn is it nice to have a running back who finds the whole powerful gets up quick and can break away from defenders. It's nice to see that. Yeah. I actually was pretty high on him because the fantasy community was high on him and they, they kind of tend to be ahead of the curve. And what you saw was a guy with a tremendous athletic profile, one of the best athletic profiles in the draft who happened to be stuck on one of the worst teams in the country. So you couldn't objectively judge him with that quarterback and that offensive line. And you saw this season, it took him about half a year, if not a little longer to kind of get his vision going because he was used to running behind, uh, you know, terrible lines that couldn't create holes for him. Mm. And I think you're starting to see him get a much better feel, start to get a handle of vision. And, Oh my God, I got Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. I'm not running into a wall. Yeah. Maybe we'll see some more of that on third and one instead of every other thing the Chiefs have tried to do on third and one. Instead they of went to them on third and one, though. <laughs> they still can't do it. You know, what the, pro- you know what the problem mind, was? You know what the problem was? Is that they were uh, – Patrick Mahomes was under center, and his ankle was bad. I mean, they knew 
he probably wasn't going to do play action in third and one with his ankle. And Pacheco was behind him. It was so obviously a dive. And the Jags just stomped it out. So Andy, Andy, if he has a kryptonite, I mean, maybe it's clock management, but I think like third and one, not pretty this season. Uh, two comments I want to get to very quickly. One, uh, I you can add another tally to the Jim Rome counter. It's hilarious to me. I I don't really understand it, but that's like number seventy four that said I uh, I sound like Jim Rome. So um, we got that going for me, and we already have in the Discord channel the what's the off brand Jim Rome. But I also like his comment here. I like how Pacheco's first move is usually try to run through the back of a guard and then he bounces out. That's what happened on the 40 yard rush. He ran directly to the O line and goes, Oh shit, there's no hole here. Let me bounce it out. But he's got this speed, the athleticism, the quickness, the jump cut ability. He's never just down. The, the play's never over. He keeps his leg, his legs moving. It is very impressive. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get into the next award, the Diet Debo Award. Oh, shit. Here come Debo. Give me your stuff. <laughs> Gotta love Friday, right? And Great the winner movie. is Kadarius Tony. Tony had seven targets on only 12 routes, catching five of them for 36 yards. That doesn't really tell the whole story. Other than uh, Kelsey and Tony, no other chief had more than two targets. So it's very clear that he was a, a focus of the game plan, a focal part. And among playoff wide receivers, he ranks third in yards per route run. That's one of the best stats to gauge efficiency. His most impressive moment, you care to guess what I think it was? Mm, my, mine was when he went up and got the ball in that deep ball. He adjusted midair, came down with a, 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 I don't know what that was, 35-yard reception. That, to me, was was the biggest play. For What's the yours? season, for the season, I agree with that. But for last week, I would say mine was when they had Kadarius Toney in the backfield as a running back, and they put McKinnon in the slot, and they ran the option. And what I loved about that play call is the Jaguars had to think, no way they're running the option here, because Mahomes was gimpy, right? But he could take two steps and pitch it. And, you know, we know that he's got moves for days, right? But what I loved about that play is Tony lowers his shoulder and absolutely wallops safety Rayshon Jenkins. And then after that, and because he lowers his shoulder, Devin Lloyd misses him. And after that, you know, he has more, more contact. He looks like he's trying to kill himself getting getting into the end zone. So I think your nickname, which I love, by the way, I don't care what Patrick Allen thinks. Who cares about that guy? I uh, think the Diet Debo name is warranted because he he's he's got that physicality in his game. He's a little smaller, but he brings it. Yeah, I thought I was creative, and Patrick Allen just shitting on Diet Debo. That's a damn good nickname, Patrick. Damn got, good. Nickname. You got the alliteration. That's right. I got it all, baby. 
But but D, D, Diet Debo, Kadarius Tony, I think will play more in this game. I understand the the hamstring is probably not a hundred percent still, but there's no next week. It's not guaranteed. You have to play for now. I think we'll see more Kadarius Tony. How much? I'm not saying he's going to be out there 85 percent of the snaps, but I think we'll see a uh, a big boost in Kadarius Tony's snaps in this game against the Bengals in a game where I think they need him with Mahomes still being limited while he looks better, right? The ankle, he's yeah. not going to be a hundred percent. You need someone who can beat their man quickly. Kadarius Tony's probably the best man beater on this chiefs team. As far as getting open quickly. One concern I have about a snap count, 12 round routes, seven targets. If that snap count doesn't come up and I'm a safety or a linebacker, I'm screaming my head off every time Tony's on the field. Because there's like a 50-50 chance he's getting the ball. <laughs> I think you got to play him more. You know, I don't care if, if Justin Watson has to take a few less snaps or MVS. I mean, what did, what did MVS do? He caught the one touchdown, but other than that, he did absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I would also say that's also a good sign when he's in the game, he gets open. Mahomes is looking his way. The trust factor is already there. It's so impressive for a guy who's been here such a short time and who's missed games with injury. Let's get into the next award, the You Shall Not Pass Award. Straight up, I had zero idea. That's from Lord of the Rings, man. Zero idea. Oh, my God. That's why you were so bad at Spot the Fake. Oh, yeah. That's why we had to scrap that, that segment. It was just getting humiliating. And I, I didn't want to do that to my co-host. So we're giving this hardware to Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith. The interior trio only allowed one pressure against the Jaguars. That's how you protect your quarterback, especially when he's not feeling like himself. Uh, the clearest example of that was when Mahomes was able to step up and hit MVS on that touchdown strike. You know, the pocket was very clean. Now the tackles didn't play quite as well, but these three are playing out of their mind. Joe Tooney is PFF's number one graded pass protector among all playoff linemen. Creed is sixth and Trey is seventh. That's freaking unreal. This is the best interior offensive line in the league. It's not, it's not, it's not the best offensive line. It's the best interior offensive line because unlike other offensive lines, there's just no, they're, they're all studs. There's no weak spot there. What I will say, and Sean brings this up. I don't think he's being a downer. This is a good question. Sean is anyone else getting tired of hearing ourselves say how good this O-line is. And I think your point here is, yeah, the O-line is great, but why can't they pick up a third and one, a fourth and one? I'm with you, man. On paper, the draft capital, draft capital, and in general, the offensive line has performed extremely well. They truthfully have. But in these short yarded situations, we keep saying they're maulers. They're big boys up front. They get pushes. But in these short yarded situations, they haven't. And I don't know if it's all on them. I don't know if it's some creativity issues. I don't know if there's a tell, like a baseball pitcher when he tips and he's throwing a curveball. I'm not sure. But I'm with you to an extent. The O-line, as good as they are, should be able to perform better in these situations. I also think Orlando Brown Jr., for the most part, has been better than most folks want to give him credit for. I think Andrew Wiley has been okay. 
He's been who we thought he was going to be, a average to below average tackle. As the season's progressed, we've heard less and less his name being called in a negative light. Um, they're great for the most part. Mahomes doesn't take as many sacks as we, as we uh, like to point out. Yes, he extends plays, but Mahomes also holds the ball a lot longer than the average quarterback. I think the O-line's been been good, but I don't know if they're the best. I mean, the, what, are we, what are we talking about here? Mahomes takes only Jared Goff and Tom Brady take less sacks. And I would say like 80% of that third and one, fourth and one problem is Andy Reid. They also convert like 75% of their fourth downs. And on third down, they're, they're a top two team too. So we're, we're really nitpicking here. We're sure, really, no, really I, nitpicking. I, I'm nitpicking here. And, I get and, it. And, and I, I mean, I just think these guys have been really dominant. Sometimes in Chiefs Kingdom, I think all of us are guilty of forgetting where the rest of the league is, how the rest of the league lives. Some of these teams, some of these offensive lines are absolutely putrid. And these, these guys are really good. They keep Mahomes generally clean. He has zero lost fumbles this year. So I think they're they're doing work inside there. Now uh, how, how I, many sacks like, were given up last week? Zero. Yeah, yeah, true. And 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 without his normal mobility, uh I would like to see them pick up some of those short conversions as well. But one of the issues is the Chiefs don't run sneaks. And I think we no. saw why last week. I mean, they, right they, now we can't. They can. tried with Noah Gray. They even did the the push on the back. How often have you seen that fail? But the problem is they're not taking our our man meat play, where where you get you get two of the big boys doing the sneak. You get you get Colin Saunders and you get I don't know Derek Naughty pushing him from behind. I mean, try stopping that. Let's do that. I didn't know that you and I nicknamed that the man meat play, but I. Uh... That's a callback from an early, early Wacky Wednesday episode. It sure was. It took me a second to remember that, and now I'm sitting here going, did we really call it man meat? Huh. <laughs> Sterling, you ready for a little Hot Take Kingdom? Let's do Hot Take Kingdom. So for those of you that are new, that don't listen to the show continuously, every single week we do a segment called Hot Take Kingdom. What I do is I pose a question to Adam, or actually Adam poses it to us. There will be a poll in the chat for you guys to vote on, either yes or no. It's going to be a hot take, and either we join him into the kingdom, that is the hot take, or we say, no, that's that's a bad idea, Adam. That was stupid. We're not going in. Sit in a corner. So what do you have for us this week, Adam? It happens. I like the... uh... Someone said here, Joshua, the Brandon Williams and Danny Shelton combo on that play. Mm. What do you think the combined weight is on those two guys? Too much. 750? No, 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 no. That's, they're not 375 apiece. They're definitely 700. I, th- I think they're getting close to 700. This week's Hot Take Kingdom is the Kansas City Chiefs shouldn't be home underdogs for a playoff game at effing Arrowhead. Welcome to the kingdom. Now, I'm in a good mood today at this point because I saw Mahomes take the field, right? But I've been a little annoyed all week long with the way the media is covering this game and what the line is. I think last I saw, it was uh, the Bengals uh, favored by one and a half. Does that track, Sterling, with what you've seen? 
Yeah, I've seen anywhere from Chiefs being plus one to plus one and a half. So, yeah, Bengals favored by a point, just a little more. Uh, some books are getting a little closer. But, yeah, it's still Bengals being favored. So suddenly there's this perception that the Cincinnati Bengals are now an unstoppable juggernaut and that they completely have the Chiefs number. We're forgetting that this is a team that damn near lost to Tyler Huntley like 10 days ago, the Ravens backup quarterback. And you know who was number one and number two receivers were? The only two receivers to have a reception in that game? Whatever's left. Yeah. Whatever's left of him. That's right. (laughs) DeMarcus looked good, but Stammy, there's not much left of him. So I think the evidence that the Cincinnati Bengals are this unstoppable force and have the Chiefs number is flimsy. Let's get into it. In the three recent Chiefs-Bengals games, the Chiefs never, not once, trailed entering the fourth quarter. In two of those games, they led at some point by 18 and 14 points, respectively. They've trailed for an average of 15 minutes per game during those three games. So basically, they've led, on average, three quarters. Now, you can say the Bengals are in the Chiefs' head, maybe, and that's caused KC to choke. I think that's a little bit of a better argument. That's an acceptable argument. But saying that Kansas, I mean, Cincinnati has been dominant, it's just not true. It's just not true. The three games came down to a field goal each. Uh, and really, I think, not to take anything away from uh, Cincinnati, they're a great team. But the Chiefs have been getting in their own way as much as Cincinnati has. Now, let's compare the two rosters. I have to start with Mahomes and Burrow because that's been the most like triggering thing this week. First off guys, wins are not a quarterback stat. This is not tennis. They don't play against each other. This isn't Sampras and Federer. I mean, those are like the only two tennis players I know. So Um, they play against the defense. So Mahomes leads Burrow in the following 2022 stats and metrics, passing yards, Passing TDs, EPA, DYAR, QBR, PFF grade, DVOA, yards per attempt, sacks taken, fumbles lost, and scramble yards. Now, INTs were the same. Interceptions were the same. But uh, Burrow barely led in completion percentage and turnover-worthy play rate. And if you consider that Mahomes threw more passes by a considerable amount and had a higher yards per attempt... And I would say a greater degree of difficulty. I mean, Mahomes is arguably doing a better job not turning over the ball. And you get this whole Mahomes is the better player, but Burrow is the better quarterback. I mean, what the hell does that even mean, Sterling? It's asinine. And that really quickly, that take makes no sense. When he said that, I'm just sitting here going, Mahomes is literally a quarterback. What position does he play then? Yeah. Yeah, I have some thoughts, you know, uh, that, that kind of leans into some tropes. I won't get into that right now. Uh, but really, the quarterback debate is, has been kind of embarrassing. That's, that's all I have to say there. At 80%, I think this 80% for, for Mahomes, I think this quarterback matchup is fairly even. At 70%, I would probably give Burrow the nod. And if Mahomes is 90% or better, he's looking pretty good today. I don't think it's a contest. I just want to 
first and foremost, push back a little bit against the argument you're making. You're making this Mahomes versus Burrow. That's not well, the argument. I'm about to get into the rest of the, the roster. That's that's fine and dandy. But this is you mentioned it. It's not Mahomes versus Burrow. The stats are great, but it's a team game. Yeah, I, I I have a lot more I want to get into. I'm gonna let you go with your piece. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, got, I, get, got, I got some pushback for you. Good. I wanted to get that off my chest because it's not really my comparison. It is the most important position in the sport and on the field. But that's what everyone's making this matchup about. And even if Burrow wins for a fourth time, that does not mean he's better than Patrick Mahomes. I just didn't want to get off the air today without making that abundantly clear. So let's look at the rest of the the rosters. The Bengals have advantages at defensive coordinator. Not a massive one, but I think Lou Anarumo is probably the best defense coordinator in the league right now. He's the hottest. They have an edge at wide out. I don't think that's up for debate. They have, an, they have an edge at edge. They have the advantage there at defensive end. And I give the nod to their secondary because of experience. So that's where they're stronger than the Chiefs. The Chiefs, on the other hand, have advantages at head coach slash offensive play caller, tight end. That's not even close to debatable. Defensive tackle, also not debatable. And the entire offensive line. Jackson Carmen and, and uh, Hakeem Adeniji are definitely worse than Brown and Wiley. They're backups. Bengals center Ted Karras is good, but he's no match for Creed, and their guards aren't close. Alex Kappa, um, not good news for him. I don't want anybody not to be healthy, but the Bengals' best guard, Alex Kappa, did not practice today. So that's really good news for the Chiefs and their pass rush. Linebacker is probably a wash. I'm going to give Cincy, uh, I'm going to favor Cincy on coverage and the Chiefs because of Nick Bolton against the run kicker. It's a little, a little dicey this year, but historically I'm going to go with Harrison Butker, especially since he looked like himself last week. I think Kadarius Tony is the most dangerous of any of the return specialists on the field. Dave Tobe just really has to limit mistakes because we have talent on our special teams. Tommy Townsend's great. Lastly, this game is being played in Arrowhead, the world's loudest stadium where it took a historic choke job for the Bengals to come back and win an OT last year. It's not like they just rolled over the Chiefs. That game kind of started to slip away when, at the end of the first half, Andy Reid decided not to take the points. You know, Patrick is so competitive. Sometimes you have to tell him, dude, shut up. Go in the locker room, get the x-ray. Or, no, we're not going for it because if we don't get it, we get no points instead of going to the locker room with three more points. Um I put that on him. But anyways, these games were very close. My whole take here is just that the Chiefs can easily win this game. I think they will win this game. And there's panic out there. There's panic out there in Chiefs kingdom. Nobody's picking the Chiefs, it seems like. So I want to hear if you're coming into the castle. No, I'm not coming to the castle. Let me just say it right here. Vegas is not in the business of losing money. Okay, Vegas is not in the business of losing money. It's not disrespectful. It's what they think. I have the Chiefs winning this game as well, which actually might surprise some people because I like to think of myself not as a Chiefs hater, but I'm very, very neutral. I try to take every single ounce of Chiefs fandom out of this. There's a reason why I had them winning, what was it, 11 or 12 games to start the season. Is why I was a little more tampered down and some expectations. 
Mm-hmm. But it's not disrespectful to have the Chiefs as a not a five point dog at home, a one point game, which is trending more towards a pick'em. Not only that, Mahomes' ankle is the main reason why. That's the main reason. Mahomes is 100% healthy. This would easily be a pick'em game, or the Chiefs might even be favored. The Chiefs are two and two at home in the previous AFC Championship games. It's not like there's a massive home field advantage. There might be a little bit, and I agree. Playing at home is an advantage, but it's not this massive one where it's a guaranteed win. I just don't understand how this is disrespectful to Kansas City. Well, it's disrespectful because Vegas is not proactive. They're reactive. They're driven by public sentiment. They're driven by money and the media and all these different factors, insiders. So basically public sentiment is saying, and we've seen this. It's not just, I'm not just talking about Vegas. I'm talking about the Chiefs are generally getting disrespected. I, I disagree, man. I, I don't think the Chiefs are being disrespected. I, I think the, the Bengals have beaten Kansas City three times in a row. It'd be like if the, the Chiefs um, were favored playing Buffalo in the playoffs, and Buffalo fans were saying, We feel disrespected. Chiefs fans would see her saying, well, we've beaten you in the playoffs each time it's happened. We, we've had your number in recent memory. You know but, what, though? If the game was in Atlanta, I don't even know if we would have been favored. And if the game was in Buffalo, we definitely would be. My, my other point here is just that I think the outcomes of this game, of these three games, are extremely noisy. They were so close. You had a lot of kind of fluky things happen for the Chiefs. And Last for the time, Bengals. Tyler Boyd dropped a wide open touchdown. Yeah, he, he also should have been called for offensive pass interference on that. So it's, that's true. But how often is this Travis Kelsey fumble? It's like dude, not, not even once a year. Not even once a year. So you had that. You had the third and 27 blitz, the inexplicable blitz from Steve Spagnolo in the first matchup. They had no and, – and you had, you know, just – Terrible pursuit angles, letting Jamar Chase score a touchdown he never should have. There, there's been uh, but all that's these... part of the team, man. Like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. The, the Bills could have squibbed it instead of kicking to the end zone. You can make that that case about any game I, I, ever. I Justin Herbert can throw a pick six early in the season on their own goal line. Chiefs lose that game. Like, you can always make the case for this. The mm-hmm. Chiefs are not being disrespected. They're one of the last two teams in the NFL. The Everyone outside of a handful of loudmouths trying to get a hot take agree Mahomes is better than Burrow. You, you pull 32 GMs anonymously, okay, anonymously. 31 or 32, almost every single one, if not every single one, would take Mahomes over Joe Burrow. It's not disrespectful. We're not talking about some insider survey. We're talking about public sentiment right here. And, and part of the issue, I think, we come back to cheese fatigue. People want the shiny new object. They want, they want someone to beat us. They want someone to dethrone Mahomes. I feel like it's, it's pretty prolific. It's out there. But it's always been the case. We are, frankly, we're lucky to an extent. We get to experience this. It was the same thing with the Patriots. Same thing with Tom Brady. It's fun to root against the current champion or the fun to root against the current, I don't want to say dynasty because the Chiefs need to win more than one Super Bowl to get there, but against the team that's had almost every other team's number, five straight AFC championships at home, right? You get sick and tired. If you saw the Patriots doing this, you get sick and tired of it. Give someone new a chance. 
That's what other teams are doing to Kansas City. We should be grateful to hates like this. I get what you're saying, but I don't think it's it's disrespectful. Frankly, Man, it makes I'm, sense to I'm have the Bengals. I'm to give a chip on their shoulder, and you're working hard. You know, to like... Okay, don't chip on their shoulder in an AFC championship game. If you need extra motivation, you shouldn't be playing football. I, I agree with that. I'm talking in the margins. Just just a 1%, 2% extra, just – the burrow head, you know, that really had to that really had to irk them. Yeah. I agree. With, I agree with Adam. If you get beaten by a team three times in a row and you have an injured quarterback, you don't deserve to be favored. Even if you're the team that's at that has the loudest stadium in the world that's won the most games. From the past four. five years. Okay, they've hosted the past four at home. They've gone two and two in those games. Riddle me that. Okay. Well, the first one, they got fucked, honestly, because the Patriots won the coin flip. If the Chiefs win the coin flip, they're going down and scoring. We all know it. We all know whoever won that coin flip won that game. I get it, but but You, you, you know it. You know it deep down in your soul. Dude. You know, part part of my frustration is this team, the Bengals. They act like they're Bilicek and Brady. They they talk like they've won seven rings. You guys haven't won anything. You've won one AFC championship. And I have never seen a team accomplish as little as they have. You're a very good team, but you talk. You, I mean, Eli Apple talks like he's Deion Sanders. Mike Hilton talks like he's Darrell Revis. It's obnoxious. And I think part of th- their swagger, their confidence comes from Burrow. And what I would like to see on Sunday is for us to rattle his cage. If you get to Burrow, I think it, it becomes infectious through the rest of that ro- roster. If you can make him panic a little bit, if you can, if you can make him bleed, not, not literally. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the majority of the reason why we dislike or at least feel some sort of way or the majority of fans, Chiefs Kingdom, feel some sort of way is mostly because of Eli Apple. Joe Burrow, for the mo- for the most part, he doesn't talk. Was it Joe Burrow that came out and said Burrowhead? No. He just dresses up. He does his thing. It's a little annoying sometimes, Joe Burr, all this stuff. But is it him going out and doing that? It's other people. I mean, he did say, he did say, I'm him. I mean, he, he talks. He talks. Sure. He, says his, he says his window is never closed. I mean, come on. Come on. The, the guy makes Kanye West look humble. He makes Donald Trump look modest. He I, makes I, Tom I, Cruise look affable. He's kind I'll of a, say, he's kind, Macaulay Culkin's kind of a jerk. I, I'm just gonna go out there and, and say it. I like almost every quarterback in the league. I do not like that dude. You could probably my, tell. My my main point is I I, I have the issue with anyone. It's gonna be with Eli Apple. I, I I liken it to a dude on a rec basketball team who does shit. He doesn't do anything. But you have LeBron James on your team, right? You don't get in the game, or if you do, you're getting cooked. You're airballing shots. You're just getting getting beat time and time again. But then after the game, you win because who's in your team? Well, it's LeBron fucking James. So, of course, your team wins at the wreck, and he's the guy, not LeBron, the random dude, a.k.a. Eli Apple, who's puffing his chest out saying, look at me, look at me. And you're the guy who's getting burnt time and time again. again is he I don't, uh, Pat Beverly or is he J.R. Smith? I'm trying to figure out the best NBA comp for Eli Apple. I love J.R. Smith, so don't give me that. I love we'll JR. With, we'll go with Pat Bev- Beverly. I'll go Pat Bev. But again, I don't think the Chiefs are being disrespected. I think the line's very fair. I think a lot of it has to do with Mahomes' injured ankle. I mean, if we're being 
serious right now. Mahomes had a a fully healthy ankle. Chiefs probably would be favored, right? And then you can make the real argument, or should they be favored? Should they not be? But I do think with the current injury situation, it makes sense, the current line. And no, the Chiefs aren't being disrespected. I will agree you're getting some Chiefs in Mahomes fatigue. That might be some of the center of this. But I'm fine. Let the game play out. What we say has no bearing on the game. The line has no bearing on the game. Let Mahomes, this Chiefs team, face the Bengals, take them down, and go one and three, and go on to the Super Bowl. Gonzo the Beast with a nice Eli Apple burn. Beverly actually plays defense, though. (laughs) Well done. Well done. The last thing I'll say here is I think a lot of the frustration comes from the way Mahomes looked on that first drive, it looked maybe the best he's ever looked in his career. And I just felt like this was the hell or high water playoffs where nothing was going to stop him. Nothing was going to get in his way where this team was ready. And then this happens. You know, there are only three guys on this team that can't get hurt. And it's mostly him. I mean, him, Kelsey and Chris Jones. So of course it happens to him. It doesn't happen to Brock Purdy. It doesn't happen to Jalen Hurts or, just very frustrating that he he tends to not get hurt most of the season, but every playoff, it seems like he gets banged up. Is that because he scrambles more? I just, I think of a, uh, one funny comment I want to get to before we move on. Regina says the guy on the right really needs help. Make sure you don't piss yourself on Sunday. Well, Regina, I don't need help pissing myself on Sunday. I can do that on my own. Thank you very much. By the way, I was giving Joe Burrow and the Bengals a lot of credit. I don't, I don't know how this is anger towards me. Come on, Regina. We can be friends here. And I probably, probably won't piss myself on Sunday. Probably. Let's get into, I guess, before Depends we get to the next how many segment. Casey beers you have. Could be a few. (laughs) Could be a few. All right. Before we get to the next segment, I want to give you guys uh, a little shout out here. We're passing along this promo from BetMGM. For all legal betting states, use the code Arrowhead for a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Using our promo code Arrowhead is a great way to support Arrowhead Addict. We get a small fee from BetMGM for each new better that uses our code. So if you don't yet have a BetMGM account, do us a solid and sign up with code Arrowhead and place that bet. All right, y'all. Gambling issues are a serious thing. I'm not doing this to make light of any issues, but I'm going to go through this as fast as I can. If you have an issue, please seriously get help. You will see the numbers below. I'm going to go through this as fast as I can, so bear with me. New customers only, 21 plus in present select states. Rewards issues and non free bets or site credits. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. See full terms at betmgm.com. Gambling problem? Call text 1-800-GAMBLER. Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-522-4700. Colorado, Kansas, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, New York. 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona, 888-789-7777, Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP, 7867, Louisiana. Call text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or 1-888-532-3500, Virginia. You were cooking, man. You were cooking. Better than Russell Wilson, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to taste his. His cooking is bland. By the way, that was a new record. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Verderam and myself have been doing a competition of who can get through that quicker. Uh, Verderam, I believe, was 36 seconds. Uh, I did it last time at 32. And you guys, 30 seconds, 
0.99. We broke the 31 second barrier, guys. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Come on now. Wacky Wednesday, baby. So let's move into a new segment. This is called Fear Factor, the five scariest things about Cincy. I'm going to list off five things that scare me about the Bengals. And Sterling, you're going to rank them on, on one, which would basically be like a Tim Burton movie, mm-hmm. and 10, which would basically be like The Shining when you're five years old. Mm. Got it? Got it. One, not scary. 10, scary as hell. Terrifying. All right. And this is about the Bengals, not Cincinnati. So Skyline, dog food, not eligible. <laughs> you, thought we, you didn't think we were going to make it through a, a show at AA without taking a shot at Skyline Chili, did you guys? Uh, I will say I actually made chili today just to prove a point because I make some damn good chili and I'm not going to eat that Skyline stuff. I actually take that back. I have to eat Skyline Chili before the game. One of our listeners to the live show brought me some Skyline chili because I did not do it after the last time uh, the Bengals beat Kansas City. And I couldn't find it anywhere, so they heard me and brought some. So pregame show, you will see me eating Skyline chili. I will not be happy about it, but it's something that I must do uh, for my own honor. Bring a barf bag. (laughs) (laughs) First is Joe Burrow being unflappable and nearly unblitzable. How scary do you find that? Seven. The reason being the Chiefs have struggled to get pressure on him just to begin with. And part of this is not just Joe Burrow, but the offensive line and getting pressure on him. So I'm going to combine it just a little bit here. The Chiefs in almost every single matchup, we've pointed out the Chiefs defensive line should get pressure on a below average Bengals O-line. They have not. I understand they're banged up. I get that, but they dominated Buffalo. The one thing I will say with the injuries on the Bills defensive line, I think the Chiefs have more talent. Joe Collins done a phenomenal job. So again, I'll say it for the fourth time in a row. Hopefully it comes true. The Chiefs should get pressure on Joe Burrow. But what makes him so difficult is he gets the ball out quick. They plan for this. And all three of their wide receivers can beat their man very quickly. I think to an extent, it it, it makes Joe Burrow, I don't want to say look better, because what Joe Burrow does is very impressive. But it's what Tom Brady did for a long time. It's what he tried to do this year in Tampa Bay. When you have a banged up O-line, you get the ball out quick. You're not necessarily trying to win with the deep ball. And and that is something that I am nervous about. So I would say Joe Burrow being nearly unblitzable, unflappable when under pressure, I'm going to say a 7 out of 10. Okay. I think it's a little scarier than that probably, but Buffalo just looked terrible. They did. Mm -hmm. And Buffalo's defense, I think one of the issues they run into in the playoffs is they're kind of stubborn. Sean McDermott and defense coordinator Leslie Frazier, they don't really game plan. They're just like, we got the dudes. We have a great cohesive unit. We're just going to we, – no, they really just show no, they up. They do. do. They just they show do. up and do what they do. They don't even really disguise stuff. They're like, okay, we're bringing a zero blitz. We're not going to try to confuse you. We just think we're better than you on every play, and they weren't. I also think the snow helped the Bengals' offensive line. It probably helped both offensive lines. I just don't think that the Bills uh, really figured out a way to capitalize it because they can't run the ball. Uh, I think it affected the get off of defensive linemen and made the Bengals defensive line look better than it was. Because if you go back again uh, a week and a half ago, Baltimore got theirs against this, this offensive line. Mm-hmm. So 
I think Steve Spagnolo isn't going to be as stubborn. He's going to look at the Ravens game plan and what they did effectively on defense versus, uh, versus the Bengals. And he's going to implement some of that. He's yeah. a very game planning defensive coordinator. And I think for a matchup like this, that will benefit the chiefs. Yeah. I also think that Joe Burrow, um, I said it into his second year. He was obviously hurt his rookie season. He reminds me a lot of Drew Brees. That's what I, I, I still feel very strongly that Joe Burrow is very reminiscent of Drew Brees, um, a guy who stands in the pocket late, doesn't necessarily excel at one thing, not super mobile, maybe not the strongest arm, but he's so accurate. He gets the ball out quick. He gets it out to the right guy in the right spot at the right time. Joe Burrow is very Drew Brees. Again, I'll, I'll give this one a 7 out of 10. I see Joe Montana and uh, Jerry Damn. Rice. So, damn, you're a <laughs> he's pretty good, but I think on, he's good too. But, but, but I see a, Joe on Montana, our, okay, on, on our sideline, I see a, a guy that walks on water. So, I see one of one. Mahomes is one of one. Number two, the Jamar Chase T Higgins duo. How scary do you find that? Okay, surprisingly, this is one I'm not as scared about. Um, I'd probably say a four out of ten, and it's not that I don't respect the hell out of these duo or this trio of wide receivers i honestly think it's going to be more hayden hurst than anything over the middle against the chiefs linebacking core i think the chiefs will have the right guys because they'll get theirs okay jamar chase t higgins tyler board they will get theirs but i don't think they will go over what is expected i think they'll probably actually be a little worse than what's expected jalen watson is coming into his own Trent McDuffie is coming into his own. Legereus Need is a game changer. The Chiefs' uh, safety duo, Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed, have really improved as the season's gone on. I don't think the wide receivers are actually going to be the game changer for the Bengals. Again, I think it's going to be more Hayden Hurst. Man, I'm like at an eight or nine with these two. This is they're like this is like the Exorcist territory for me. There's no other way to spin it. We have mostly rookie corners. Our safeties are probably the weakness of our defense. Agreed. So I'm scared. But if I were Steve Spagnolo, this is the playoffs. Refs generally, I think they kind of want to let them play. So I would say maul them until they call them. See what you can get away with. And if they start throwing flags like crazy, you might have to adjust, but they might let you be pretty physical with those guys. The Chiefs, Bashad Breeland and Shavarius Ward, one of the reasons the Chiefs won the Super Bowl is because those guys were very physical and got away with it. And I would like to see that with Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins. Hmm. Number three, the brilliance of defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. How scared are you? I'll go eight here. This is the one I'm I'm probably almost most scared about. Lou Anarumo called a phenomenal game plan against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I mentioned it. The Bills, they're very three true outcomes. If you want a baseball analogy here, very Adam Dunn, uh, Boomer Bust, and Josh Allen, they were too reliant on. And it's hilarious being a team in Buffalo. That team does not play great in, in weather like that. They just don't. That's not their strong suit, and it showed. But Lou Anarumo sent Mike Hilton five times on blitzes. How many times did he get to Josh Allen? Four. 
80%, not a bad ROI. I think Lou Anarumo should be getting talked more for a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. They don't have the elite defensive players, in my opinion. They don't have guys like the San Francisco 49ers do. They don't have guys like the Eagles do or the Cowboys. But he's done a great job with what he's working with. And they seem to show up in big games. I think his game plan is is scary, especially with Mahomes' ankle. What he's going to do, I don't know. But he's given Mahomes and this Chiefs team fits in the past. And you might say, well, why don't the Chiefs just run the ball? They should do that and win. And I'm with you. When they drop eight, they should do that. But somehow, Lou knows Andy Reid's going to get bored of it and will start trying to throw the rock. So until Andy Reid consistently runs the ball, Lou Anarumo is going to scare the hell out of me. Yeah. People are kind of clapping back at my Montana comment. First of all, I think sometimes we might remember Joe Montana as better than he was. He, he's a Hall of Famer, a great quarterback. But this is a pass-happy, a much more pass-happy era in the NFL. And Joe Burrow is the second-best quarterback in the league. And he's only second because Patrick Mahomes exists. So, yeah, right now, he has to sustain it for the rest of his career. But right now, he's playing at that level. Now, back to Lou Anarumo, I agree with you. There are no superstars in this defense. But what he does, and this is surprisingly rare with, with coaches, you think it would be commonplace, but it's not. Every tool, every player on that defensive um, roster, he uses exactly the right way. They're always in position. They're, he doesn't ask anybody to do things they're not good at. They are just very fundamentally sound, and they work very well as a unit. I think he's probably been involved in, in kind of hand-selecting some of those free agents and designing kind of the perfect system. I'm pretty scared of him, but because he's going up against, I think probably the best offensive play caller in the league in Andy Reed, definitely top two, him and Kyle Shanahan. I can't give him too much of an edge, but so far he's, he's out Reed by a little bit. I'm going to give him a six out of 10. Let's move on to number four and that's edges. Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, do they terrify you or not? Uh, I would say five, middle of the pack. Let's be real here. The the Chiefs' offensive tackles, that's their weak spot on the O-line. Again, I think they've maybe been better than some people want to give credit to. Um, they've also played a very difficult schedule. Look at the AFC West. Even though those teams aren't great, they have great edge rushers. The combination of what Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, they're, they're really good, but it's not anything crazy. It's not something this tackle team has or tandem has not seen before. I think they'll be fine. I, the, the part that scares me a little bit, I guess, would say the hobbled Mahomes, but he looked fine at practice. Again, he's not going to be 100%, but I'm not extremely or overly worried about this, uh, that duo of edge rushers. The mobility worries me a little bit. But the silver lining here is that if Mahomes has to have a little bit more of a pocket presence and isn't as mobile, who that actually helps potentially are Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley. Because a lot of times Mahomes takes these crazy deep drops, right? And he's breaking, he's breaking out of the pocket. You never know what he's going to do. That's got to be very hard for a tackle. Not making excuses for them. Neither one of them are perfect. They've had some very bad stretches this season, but it probably is tough to be a tackle for Patrick Mahomes. He's so unpredictable. So 
Hmm. I like both these players. They both have tremendous motors. They're good players. Neither one of them terrifies me. I'm going to go three, three out of 10. And then the last one, the final one, number five, controlling the clock with Joe Mixon and the run game. Are you scared of their potential to do that? No, like a two. I'm really not nervous about this. I don't. Joe Mixon is a really solid running back. I think we'll see some Samaj P. Ryan as well. The previous game against the Bengals was the worst tackling game we have seen from this Chiefs team all season long. It was horrendous. I don't think that continues. Tackling is one thing that is a little finicky week to week, if you will say, or at least something I don't think you can. We've not seen them tackle that poorly moving on from that game, right? I don't think it was stuff that Bengals did specifically well that all of a sudden made Nick Bolton unable to tackle. Nick Bolton's still on this roster. Willie Gay Jr. is a solid tackler. We've seen a little more Leo Chanel. Uh, I think we'll see some Brian Cook, maybe a little more in this game as well. Um, I think we'll do a fine job against Joe Mixon. I know that backup O-line for the Bengals did get a good push against Buffalo. Part of that was a snow. I'm just not too worried about Joe Mixon in the ground game for Cincinnati. I'm a one. I dare them to do this. I want yeah. them to do this. Take the ball out of, out of uh, Joe Burrow's hands and give it to the other Joe. Joe Mixon's a good player. I think he's a little overrated uh, because he plays on such a good offense. Probably a little bit more name than game. I also like kind of like Samaj P. Ryan. I think he's a pretty good backup. He had the yeah. big play against the Chiefs last year. He's a better pass protect- protector. He's kind of a, a bigger Jarek McKinnon in pass protection. Um, yeah, if they want to give him the ball 30 times, that would be excellent to me. Yeah, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> I'd sign up for that every single time, every single time. Let's get into the next segment, the KC stock market pump or dump. First one up, Joe Tooney's return will give KC's offensive line the advantage in the trenches and be a deciding factor in this game's outcome. Pump or dump? Before I answer, I saw someone call the Bengals humble in the chat, and I rolled my eyes so hard, I almost had a stroke. They are many things. They are not humble. Come on, guys. Uh, I'm pumping huge here. Now, him being out, Tony being out was an, was an interesting experiment because for the first time in their Chiefs careers, we saw Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown Jr. without Joe Tooney, kind of as the glue in between them. And neither one of them, especially Orlando Brown Jr., but also Creed Humphrey to a, to a smaller degree, they did not look like themselves. He is very important. And I think he's going to make a, ma- a major difference. You can make an argument that, okay, who are the best five players in this game? Well, on their side, you got Burrow and Chase, right? The two superstars. And then our side, you have, you have Mahomes and Kelsey and Jones. But you can make an argument that he's the sixth best player, second team all pro, sixth best player in this matchup. T. Higgins might be there, a few other guys. But he's a very, very important player and – He's looked like the best pass blocker to me in the playoffs. So huge. I couldn't pump more. Yeah, I'm with you. All the things you said, Orlando Brown Jr., that previous game, that was his worst game. I've mentioned it time and time again since then. Uh, Joe Tooney being out was a massive loss, and especially with Mahomes' ankle, having him back is massive. Uh, I'm with you. Couldn't pump anymore. Let's move on to the next one. Steve Spagnolo has learned from playing Joe Burrow three times 
and we'll blitz very select selectfully and do it well. Pump or dump? Mm. Damn, this is good. I, I would say slight pump. Slight pump. I think he's learned, but he's – I don't want to say he's stubborn. I think we'll see a lot of the same things we've seen from him in the first half. The one thing I'll give Spags for the, as the season's gone on – I should actually say this entire season. He's done a great job adjusting in the second half. He's done a great job adjusting in the second half. I think he does it again this time around. First half, we're probably still pulling our hair out at times. Second half, I think we'll see a massive adjustment. So I think he has learned, but it might take an extra half for him to really learn. So I'll give this a slight pump. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's stubborn, but I would say he's set in his ways. Spags is going to spag. Uh, and every time I hear someone say, oh, he, he wouldn't blitz them. I remember Dak Prescott, especially at that point, had been tremendous against the blitz. And I just remember the talk up to that game, leading up to that game. Oh, Spags isn't going to blitz Dak Prescott. And he blitzed the bejesus out of him. So he might be a little bit more cautious as usual because of how quick Burrow processes, but I'm, I'm going to pump Spags is going to do his thing. I would expect at some point for him to bring Legereus Sneed or Justin Reed. Remember he even got Brady with a, with a corner blitz with Legereus Sneed early in the season and Brady fumbled. So it doesn't matter how great your processor is. If the DC dials up the right play at the right time and disguises it correctly, it can hit. Let's get into the next one. Juju Smith-Schuster will need to break out of his mini slump in Excel as a quick game option for the Chiefs to win. Pump or dump? Yeah. It's a slight pump. Mahomes is going to spread it around outside of Kelsey. I mean, if you shut Kelsey down, the game's over. The Chiefs season is done. They're on vacation. But anybody else can struggle and the Chiefs can still win. I've been a little disappointed with Juju lately. He had such a good stretch. And ever since the concussion, he really, I'm not blaming that, but he just hasn't been the same guy. So and I wonder if that disrupted the rapport he had with Mahomes and Mahomes started looking other places. But I think depending on how limited Mahomes mobility is, he may need to get to him that, that quick zone buster more often than not. So slight plump, slight pump, slight plump. <laughs> Adam Best is going with a slight plump, whatever that means. I'm going with a sight, sight pump. Dude, you got me, Best. You got me. I'm going with a slight pump here. You were making fun of me, and then you did it yourself. They're going to have to get open quick. They're just going to have to, especially if Lou Anarumo is going to disguise some blitzes and try and get after Patrick. Juju's going to have to be a guy that gets open quickly. I mentioned Kadarius Tony earlier on in the show. Juju Smith-Schuster is the other guy. I will also say what I want to see, back shoulder throws. Juju Smith-Schuster and Mahomes have had a nice connection on those back shoulder throws. It's not Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams, but it's a damn good connection. If that continues, they will need that in this game to win. Let's get into the final pump or dump. Galaxy brain take. Take. Gosh, best, you screwed me up, pal. We're uh, going off the rails now. Galaxy brain take. 
Mahomes being less mobile is not good overall, but it will make life a little easier on Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley. Pump or dump? I'm pumping. I already made this point, and I think it's true. They're going to they're gonna know where he is more. You hear, like, the Minnesota Vikings linemen say that the one thing they like about – well, not the only thing, but one thing they like about Kirk Cousins is they always know where he's going to be. And that makes life a little easier on them in terms of, of setting up their protection and, and how to, to adjust. So I think there is something here. It, it's not going to make the biggest difference in the world, but it could make life a little easier on these two. And frankly, these two need life to be a little easier on them because I'm, I am a little worried uh, about Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard getting theirs against probably, I mean, definitely the weak spot of our offensive line. How about you? Big old dump. Dog, this is a this is a massive dump. This is bad. No, disagree. I don't care about the galaxy brain take. I get what you're saying. He's not going to drop back as far. His mobility is one of the main reasons why at times Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley look as good as they do. No, 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 no. Mahomes is being hobbled at all. I don't care how galaxy brain you're going to get is not going to make life easier. For Brown Jr. or Wiley, more predictable. Let's use that terminology. It's a it's a very slim silver lining. Just give it to me. Come on, just give it to our audience. They, what I can give you is your chance to get into Analytics Addict, where Adam takes an analytical approach at what is going on with Kansas City. What do you have this week? A few stats to showcase not only the brilliance but the toughness of Patrick Mahomes. The first. This season, Mahomes led the league in dropback expected points added with 0. Uh, 0.28. What do you think his uh, dropback EPA was against Jacksonville? Oh, I don't know. Um, 0. 0.25. 0. 0.29. It was better on one leg. Just incredible. He was pretty good. There were a few throws that you could tell his his footwork messed him up. But outside of that, I thought he was really sharp. Now, some historical comps to show you just how impressive it is to host five conference championships in your first five seasons as a starter. Brett Favre, he started 19 years. He made five conference championships. Peyton Manning. 17 years as a starter. Again, five conference championships. Aaron Rodgers, 15 years as a starter. Again, five conference championships. Drew Brees, 20 years as a starter. Three conference championships. And finally, this will be uh, really relevant to Chiefs fans. John Elway, 16 years as a starter. How many conference championships do you think he made? Oh, I'll say, say six. You nailed it, man. Exactly six. So Mahomes next season will have a chance to tie Elway 10 years faster than, than Elway did it. So we are getting, we are exacting revenge for the torture that was doled on, out on us. Me as a child. I mean, I don't think you had to uh, be waterboarded by John Elway every Sunday. No, I have fucking I Jake Plummer rolling out on a bootleg. 
it's not as bad, but it's kind of more embarrassing that Jake Plummer can torment you. Oh, dude, it's 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 miserable. Um, by the way, come on, Chiefs fans, don't say hurt Burrow. Do not hurt Joe Burrow. We don't want any injuries. We want a good, clean game. We want Mahomes to be healthy. We want Burrow to be healthy. You want to beat the best when they're at full strength. It makes that victory so much sweeter. I will say, going to your point, what we're witnessing is historical. It's impressive. And do not take it for granted. We have lived a tortured life, at least most of us, as being Chiefs fans. Myself as a Mizzou fan, even more so. It's extremely hard. Extremely, extremely hard. I know. I'm getting the hardest tests. I'm barely surviving over here. And and when other teams, other fans come at you, it's because they're jealous. Five straight. As good as we've talked about the Bengals, or as much as we've talked about the Bengals this time and how good they are and this, that, and the other, they still don't want a Super Bowl. They still haven't won one. Have they hosted five straight? No, the Chiefs have. It's been at home, too. It's so damn impressive. Do not take this for granted. Don't turn into the Patriots fans where it was Super Bowl or bust. We're living in the glory days. Mahomes is doing things we never thought possible. Yeah. I, I am so thrilled that this is what we get to watch. And when we talk about the Chiefs and we're nitpicking and we're getting into it, we're talking about it in the AFC Championship game. We're not talking about week four. We're talking about games that matter in January and hopefully games that matter in February. This is phenomenal. Just don't take it for granted. I thoroughly love this era of Chiefs football. If they hate, let them hate and watch the money pile up. That's what Fiddy said. Parting shot. We're going to go from 50 Cent to a Mark Twain doubleheader. Quite the transition here. The first quote, if the world comes to an end, I want to be in Cincinnati. Everything comes there 10 years later. Had to take another shot at the city. And the second one, it's easy to endure adversity if it happens to someone else. There are no more life lessons left to learn from losing to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's time to turn the tables and make their organization and fan base feel this pain, especially considering how smug they've acted. Let's knock Cincy off their high horse. I'm especially looking at you, Eli Apple. Thanks for joining us, guys. Be sure to join me on TikTok Live here in a few minutes for a, I'm going to be doing a Bengals Chief chat, just kicking it with you guys for a while. This is something I will be doing frequently after Wacky Wednesday. Uh, Until next time, from Sterling and Richard, go Chiefs!